Welcome to the Big Kickoff Football Podcast with myself, Roy Shanahan, David Bugle, and from the BigKickoff.com, it's Neil Dobbs. Well, Wembley was the venue tonight for Stephen Kenny's sixth game as Republic of Ireland manager as we faced Gareth Southgate's in-form England side. Unfortunately, England were far too strong for this Irish team and they beat Kenny's side 3-0. OK, let's start with the lineups. Dave, what did you make of the Irish lineup? There's not much you can make with whatever he threw out there because obviously we lost a few players. So probably the best he could do, I suppose, when you look at the greater scheme of things. Solid enough back line, he put Darcy out on the left. So is Christie on the right, who's a bit in good form in the championship. Then Duffy and Egan, uh, all fairly self-explanatory. Hendrick and Hurran, as usual. Is it, lads, is it Hurran or Hurran? Come on. I go Hurran. Hurran, yeah. I don't know what he thinks. <laughs> <laughs> and then obviously Alan Brown then kind of supporting Adamita and then Odelda and Hogan kind of uh, the right and left winger slash took him back into midfield so decent enough fairly balanced looks okay first 15 minutes so the first starting 11 I don't think you can complain considering the team to, the players who are missing and if you have a quick look at the bench there's not too many there that I would say had to be in ahead of it, ahead of what was already on the pitch. So uh, for an 11, I'd be happy enough before the game started. I don't think there's much more you could do considering who we're missing. Okay, Neil, England? Yeah, uh, interesting England side. I guess, I think Sanke paid us a compliment by playing Maguire maybe. Um, I wonder why he didn't pay Dyer in there considering the opposition he's against. Uh, they went for the three at the back with Keane and Means uh, either side of Maguire. Um just made me think actually watching the way they play um, and the, the five or six across the middle depending on what way you want to look at it but the James Wide uh, Saka off Arsenal Wide um, did Winks and uh, Mason Mount through the middle and then Sancho with Grealish who gave the whip um, and the, the kind of pressing power and then Calvert-Lewin up front so a pretty decent side for an England B side um, and I think they all have a lot to prove tonight as well especially the younger lads the ones that are only in a few caps because uh, lots of competition for places in the England team at the minute Yeah they could they could field three teams that would probably be better than their team wouldn't they like I mean it's just uh, there's so, so much quality there and I suppose that shows you the money that's put into their game and the money that's put into our game it does tell Dave we made it I suppose we made a bright, bright start. I thought Horgan started really well. I thought Adamida started well. We looked bright. We looked yeah. sharp. We got in behind them a couple, a few times in in the first fifteen minutes or so. Yeah, yeah. It got a bit lively in the. Uh, were you watching it on RT, lads, or what, what channel were you watching it? RT. Yeah, RT, yeah. Yeah, it got a bit lively. I think at the eight minute when the crowd managed to break themselves in <laughs> and uh, the crowd. <laughs> The crowd noise came alive and all of a sudden Erling came alive and I'm like, oh, we're in this now. What's, what's happening there? But yeah, there was a couple of nice patches of play where Horgan got a couple of balls in. You're like, yeah, a bit more of that now would be nice. I know, I thought he was very clever in that first pass. Um, yes, like one or two nice little touches where you can see like some of the form that he would have obviously had under Kenny before and obviously his career in England hasn't kind of took off potentially as the way he would have expected but he looked decent and I was happy with him. Brown looked lively. He looked like he was a good support for for Adamida and had had a bit of legs about him and obviously Ida got to stretch the legs once where you could see the guy has a bit of pace because it's something that we're distinctly lacking in there so um, but unfortunately he didn't get to see too, enough of it but in relation to the first 15-20 minutes yeah you couldn't have asked for much more it felt herself into the game but once the first goal went in it seemed to just kind of settle everything down for England and then they started to show their, 
their class in Ireland, whatever little force of energy had, just they, they took that an edge off Ireland and it just kind of reasserted England and then it just got a little bit, yeah, a bit of chasing shadows after that, I thought, with, especially with the two boys in the midfield. You know, um, the, the, the one thing about England, they just have buckets of pace and we obviously don't and, and if they really got going, it, it could have it could have been nasty. So in relation to the start, yeah, you can't, can't, can't fault him. Yeah. Neil, Shane Duffy, you seen a Celtic form really there tonight. He was all over the shop really for the first half, wasn't he? Yeah, I'm, I'm mad worried about Duffy. And to be fair to Duffy, I think we'll all give him a bit of time because I think he carried the team for a period there where he was scoring kind of vital goals. He was, you know, your set piece. It was, if he didn't score through Duffy, we probably weren't going to score in many games. But uh, he has gone right off the boil. And as soon as he was left out of the Brighton team, he dropped out onto the bench. Then he wasn't getting in for the full season. Obviously, wasn't fancied by the new manager at the time. Um, he signed for Celtic, which you think, Grant, that's a decent move. Um, it's a step down. I think when you, and I wonder, is this playing into his mind when you move from something like the Premier League, you move then to Celtic, and then you're finding things tough. Um, some of the performances for Celtic have been shocking, really. Um, and it's that kind of, I don't want to call it a scruffy league, but it's definitely a lot more physical, a lot more goes on. You know, we, people are getting in and around him. He just doesn't look anywhere near as comfortable as he used to. And there tonight, regardless of his defending, his distribution, Stephen Kenny now wants him to play from the back, which means he's receiving the ball inside the 18. Um, and we're expecting him to kind of play from the back and, and to pick a pass. But the amount of times he put the ball wide tonight or put the ball behind the fullback and put it into the stand, I think, on one occasion, um, very worrying. And then the one thing you think that Duffy is absolutely rock solid on is his aerial ability. And he absolutely got bullied from pillar to post tonight by Harry Maguire. Um, probably, in fairness to Maguire, it's his best attribute is his head. And uh, yeah, he taught Duffy a lesson heading there tonight, but a uh, little bit worrying for Ireland. Yeah, the goal... One of the things I'm I'm worried about with, with Shane Duffy at the moment, the first goal that Harry Maguire scored, his body shape was closed off altogether, so he he couldn't even see where Harry Maguire was. He had he had himself facing the ball out wide. Now again, there, you could pick out two or three different things in, in in a move that could probably contribute to a goal, but even the, the marking in the back line. I mean, when you look at, at Sancho's goal as well. There was, there was probably two mistakes for that there. There was a, a poor-headed clearance. Uh, I can't remember who that was. It might have been Adamita. And then uh, Jeff Hendricks then not getting to Sancho quickly, dropping off him and giving him an opportunity to shoot when he really probably shouldn't have got that opportunity to shoot. So, Dave, when we play better teams, are we just going to get punished? Because we're making these mistakes and we're actually making these mistakes quite a lot. If we play that way against against the best teams, which England are, of course, like there was no press at all. Like I'd be very positive about where I want to see Ireland go under Kenny and where I think we could go, especially against the teams that are at our level and around us. But against these guys, there was no press. It was all getting back into the position and blocking the lanes. But you were still giving them time to do whatever they want, and they have more pace and they have more power than us and if they wanted it they could have done it and they did it on certain occasions like Hendrick getting out there he kind of got to a certain position and then stood and then relaxed instead of you're in the box there's no excuse you get out and you get on and you get on top of him and you'd make a challenge 
And there was little or no pressing from anyone on the side. You can pinpoint one out and say there was one or two. But overall, in the 90 minutes, there was literally not one proper press. It was all getting back into position A and trying to block the lanes and job done. But once they went to that position A, they go flat. And then that's when there was that little force of speed from a Grealish or a Sancho. And they're gone again and they're gone past the player with far too much ease. And even like what you said about Duffy, there was a ball played into him. And he took a touch, but he was real flat on his heels. And you knew Lewin was coming. And even he should have known Lewin was coming. And he was going to get caught and got swallowed up. So that would be the biggest criticism tonight. I'd still be a bit positive about certain things. But the lack of press was deeply, deeply worrying. Because that's something that Ireland are renowned for. But it's been a habit over the last several campaigns. Where it's very much rushed back to position A and then just... Yeah, stay in that position, but don't get at them. Like, I remember I said to you before, about do, I, do I think they're slower and running quick around a little bit? It's kind of like, get back into that position and then that's it. Don't bother pressing the man the way. Get right on top of him. Once or twice when we hit the, the, the odd dodgy pass, they were on us. And they were on us and they swallowed it up and we misplaced pass. Well, we didn't get to do that because we couldn't get near them in that sense. It was very much get into position A and that was it. And that was the job done. Because there was a bit of shadow chasing, unfortunately, in the second half. Yeah, yeah. I, I have down in my notes defending a standoffish, watching players play with the football, no aggression. And that's exactly what you're saying. And, and we've seen that so yeah. often. And Neil, our shape is supposed to be a 4 3 3. That certainly wasn't a 4 3 3 today. That was a 4 5 1 all over, wasn't it? Yeah, I, I was actually put down in my notes here that if you look at uh, Holden and Hendrick, or sorry, yeah, Holden and Hendrick, they sat in front of the back line. It was almost yeah. like a 4 2 3 1 at times where the two lads never moved and I actually have a note here written down as well in about 57 minutes I have does Hendrick ever pass the ball forward and I was watching him and Horgan take the ball off the full backs the centre backs and every single time it went back it went sideways it went back and at no stage did they ever try to break the lines not even one of them did say Hendrick Holden and one of them drives it, was, it just didn't try to get out of this static shape that they were in Horgan, I thought, did well. He hugged, he gave you a bit of width. But there was no width on our left-hand side, which I presume or doubt it was supposed to be there. Brown was popping up in between, but we'd no natural width. And that's what I was saying there earlier on. When I looked at England when they played the, the three in the back and the five across the middle, it at least allowed them uh, width through James and Saka. So they were their out ball. Whereas, you know, I, I wonder would it be an option for Ireland to play three centre-halves uh, or three defenders, whatever you want to do it, and put the likes of Matt Doherty, Seamus Cohn, and, you know, Enda Stevens. A couple of, a good few of them have played that position as a wing back. But we've no natural width today, which means when we won the ball, through Hullen and uh, um, Hendrick, there was just no out ball. And it seemed like either was a mile, he was isolated by three monster guys. There's no point playing high balls up to him. Um, the game plan is definitely to kind of small triangles and to try go forward with it in that manner but we'd nothing running in behind we were too static and we we weren't we didn't seem to be able to close the gap between the midfielders and either and as the game wore on he was very very isolated and really fell from yeah Dave it's a valid point isn't it like we didn't have wit we never looked like uh, Kenny Cunningham gave Matt Doherty man of the match I was baffled for that myself maybe you think different but I was baffled I yeah, because while he he never got beaten really down the, the, the wing, he probably defended well in his left-back area, 
he very rarely left his left back area and I think I could count twice in the second half where he tried to go forward but most of the time when he got the ball he went backwards and he kept turning yeah, back on his like, right foot and going backwards never you know I, I think there was once in the second half where he drove into space and nothing really came of it but that was the only time he did it and I'm yeah. I, I've been disappointed with Matt Doherty playing for Ireland so far I, no, there's definitely a player in him and I, I go along with Neil three I, I think three at the back suits you talk about you know you're suiting your players in a formation rather than you know trying to squeeze players into a formation and I think in this case we have the team that can play a 3-5-2 and you probably need um, you probably need two players up front for us anyhow because if you're leaving one up there, we're struggling to get there, especially against probably better teams. Um, and this is we know we played England today. We know that that's a different level uh, at the moment. But we really do have to think about how... I think today, I think Gareth Southgate, you know, walked all over Stephen Kenny. Stephen Kenny didn't change anything at all in, in his game. It, during the game, I thought he, when he was bringing uh, Long on, I thought he was going to go with the three at the back then. He didn't do that. Yeah, I think when, when they got the, they were 2 nil down, I think they went 3 nil down and, and Cyrus Christie does a lazy tackle against Saka. I, I actually think Horan gave the ball away under no pressure at all and it led to it. But that that was the 3 nil. But I, after that, we just kept trying to play the ball out from goal kicks, kept trying to play the ball out from goal kicks. It was so predictable and they just squeezed us and squeezed us. We never got over our half really in, in the second half. And uh, I just thought that I thought that that was the kind of uh, immaturity of, of his role as an international manager at the moment where he hasn't the experience there to change things up a little bit. What, what do you what do you reckon? Am I... Am I Yabbing on, or is there some truth to it? Uh, there be a, there be an element of truth with it, uh, without a shadow of a doubt. But if you if you as you're talking there, I had a quick look at the bench. Literally, the exact same players are are on that bench. If you know what I mean. So I don't like there is an element of truth to that, but I don't know what much we could have done differently apart from the three at the back of the formation without a shadow of a doubt. But all the players that were there were roughly what we already have on the pitch, and unfortunately, that's our problem with Ireland. Whatever about. It's, it's the type of players, there's certain players we're lacking, and I don't want to mention a certain player, but a certain player in the blue of England today who we haven't got, and we used to have a little fellow, Wes Hillman was a bit like him, but of course, he was a prior kind of, he was like the hokey-cokey in and out, like you just, which was unfortunate because we, we lacked that type of player, and as you said, with the two boys in the middle, it was all sideways and backwards. I think Hendrick did one in the first five minutes, ten minutes of the game, because let's just say um, the WhatsApp group I'm in who are very anti-Jeff Hendrick and they couldn't believe he did it. So there was one in the whole of the 90 minutes, but everything else was very safe and very sane. He, with no penetration. Malumbi came on and showed what you can do if you go forward a few yards and try and pass the ball forward a bit. And we had a few half half chances with five, ten minutes to go. Now obviously England were probably taking their foot off the gas. But I do agree with you, but I think the best way to us to be a little bit different is purely information. In that, as you said, that three five two gives that Adamida or whoever it may be up front extra support, like real support. That um, if that that gap gets as wide as we say we we expect it to against the the superior teams. But other than that, I don't think there's much more we can do different because, as I said, unfortunately, we've probably thirty players who are all very similar and very same. Yeah, do you think that in in it was a bit of 
you know, damage limitation from Kenny at, at that stage? Do you think he, mm-hmm. he was afraid to change things? Don't be too adventurous. This could end up, you know, really damaging. Yeah, there probably would have been. There could have been. You know, this is this is as big a game as he's ever been in. I know that the, the, the 80, 90,000 fans weren't there, but this is as big as it's ever got for him. Um, I'm not saying he would have frozen, but like you said there, did he decide to take the safe approach instead of, let's give this a lash, lads, because obviously the two games uh, later on are more important for obviously trying to potentially stay in the second the, the second tier and obviously to try and stay in the bubble of the second tier for the seed because we're right on the edge. So taking a game like England was a big risk because there's every chance we're not going to win and of course we can get more or less points and then end up as a third seed for the draw for the next championship. So, yeah, probably more damage limitation than actually, yeah, probably trying to save face, I'd say, I'd say more so in the second half, mate. Yeah. Neil, um, how do you think Stephen Kenny did? Um, he's been, I think he's been good so far. He's had a lot of bad luck with injuries and COVID and all that sort of stuff and that didn't change today so we probably didn't need the game today you know we probably didn't need this this England game before the, the two games coming up but how do you think he did with everything that was going for him today? Yeah I think for today I think he was probably found wanting now obviously he's restricted in who he can pick and um, if you take the likes of Conley for example I think it was a big big loss today because the last time Conley was up against Maguire for example he did him for pace and a number of times for Brighton against Man United. Um, and he looks more lively, looks a little bit more. I thought, you know, either did well, but Conley has a little bit of out in there where he's maybe a little bit of arrogance, but definitely raw pace he has. We missed anything like that in the final third, which, you know, if you allow a team like England to just keep coming on to you, they're just going to crush you. Um, I think he got found out maybe, I, I don't know what his instructions were at halftime. Obviously, the start of the game was good. He said, play, go out, play, and go at them. And we did it up until the goal. I think we did okay. But I wonder what his instructions were at halftime because England pushed on and pressed us higher. We were still trying to play from the back. It reminded me a little bit, you know, when Arsenal decided to change their way of playing and they were knocking the ball around the back line and everyone just kept pressing them and pressing them and you know, they kept getting caught out in the early stages of Arteta. And, you know, you were almost saying to yourself, just go along with it once or twice where we never changed our flavour. We just kept going to the two centre-halves. The two guys in the middle couldn't get on the ball. We couldn't find an out ball that wasn't a 70-yarder. Um, and we just played into their hands. And at some stage, I think he had to change that. And he's the only man that can change it. Now, he brought on the subs, which were, I marked down here for 60 minutes. And for about two or three minutes, we began to chase him a little bit more. McLean, Robbie Brady, uh, and Columbia, I think it was. But we, we chased him a little bit more higher up. But as that wall on, then we were, were just dropping back off. And it was just a case of, look, don't concede any more than three. Leave it at that and we get out of here. So if you look at Kenny, I mean, look, as I say, he, he got a, probably got a raw deal insofar as his team or the amount of players he could select for this due to injuries and COVID and whatever else that was going on. But, um, yeah, I don't think he did himself any favours. And now the problem is he's off the back of a couple of bad results. And even though they're playing well at times, and I think we're a little bit more pleasing on the eye at times, you still have to win a game. You have to pick up that first win. And the longer that drives on, uh, you know, it gives them, you know, it allows people to have a shot at him. And that's not good. Dave, Grealish or Sancho? 
if, if Liverpool were to buy one, <laughs> who, who would you pick? Uh, I'd take Sancho all day long. Um, I like him. I've always been a fan of him. Grealish. Grealish is a good player. I always thought he was a decent player, just whether he was really going to hit the heights. But in fairness to him, he seems to know what he needs to do now to be a decent player and to be a top player. I'd love to see him at a bigger club just to see can he keep that going or is he just one of these who's happy at, at, at somebody like Villa being the main man. I don't think he, I think he will do it wherever he goes. But for me, I would take Sancho purely on the fact that the, the, the front three are going to break up at some point um, and uh, he can carry the, he's only what, 20, 21. He can carry on for a lot longer compared to the 28, 29-year-old forwards that we have. So for me, Sancho. Neil? Yeah. You know what? If you'd asked me maybe around the summer, I might have said uh, Sancho and probably around the hype and the price tag and all that. I've actually watched quite a lot of Sancho, mainly because of the lockdown. I watched a lot more of the Bundesliga. I just don't see... I, I don't think Sancho's a bad player, don't get me wrong. He's an excellent player, but I don't think he's that good. I think he's inflated. I think the English way overinflate him, which they do to all their players. And for some reason, Grealish doesn't get that kind of recognition, even though literally all of last season, he was brilliant for Villa. And all of this season, he's been outstanding. And I think he's gone up a level this year. As soon as they moved him out of that kind of midfield role and this kind of left flank of a front three that he's been playing in, I think he's been probably the best player, one of the best players in that position. Uh, I think he runs the show. If you saw him against Arsenal the weekend, him and Ross Barkley destroyed Arsenal. Uh, I think his final product is brilliant. Um, at the moment, I'd go Grealish ahead of him. Yeah, I think I'm I'm the same. I've watched a good bit of Sancho now this year. Maybe 2020 is not his year because he, he doesn't seem to have performed very well. There hasn't been any sort of... There hasn't been anything brilliant from as in he, he, he doesn't seem to be running at players as much as he did. He doesn't seem to be causing defenders the problems that he did the year before. He scored a good goal today. But he was given time to do that. He did. I, I can't remember once where he dribbled by Matt Doherty. I can't remember uh, too many crosses that he put in either. He did a few little step overs. He passed the ball backwards. I'm I'm not totally convinced, and I definitely don't. I'm a hundred percent sure that hundred million is it. I I think Manchester United did. Uh, uh, that's probably their best deal they ever did. Was not going near him for that price because I think it's a. Uh, a crazy amount of money to, to go for although maybe just Dortmund turned him down knowing Man United but um, Grealish I think he has stepped up a level I think he is he, he's drifting by players and, and inviting players in and, and he's opening up spaces for other people a lot more now and I, two years ago looking at him I wasn't I was thinking right he, he's, he's he's okay but he's not doing much stepped up last year but this year he just looks he looks confident, and I, I think I'd definitely go if I was if it was any of them managers. I think I'd definitely go for for Grealish. But uh, that's all a matter of an opinion. Dave, is there anyone else in that England team that started today that could push their starting eleven? I'm having a quick look at it here. Um, in a word, no. <laughs> Reece Jennings, no. There's about seventy-eight fullbacks, no. Harry Winks, Mason Mount, Mason Mount's a good player. I like him. Harry Winks. Yeah, moving on. Did you not I, like I, Harry I Winks? I thought is. Harry Winks played very well today. I just he's vanilla, mate. I just I don't know what it is. He just he, he I don't know. He needs to turn into Ronaldinho or something for me to change. I just <laughs> I don't know what it is about him. And then 
and it's not that it's probably nothing like I wouldn't worry about what I have to say for some reason just doesn't float the boat ever but for some reason he, he's there so he's obviously a good professional the fact that he's playing week in week out for scores and now obviously for England Somebody else sees it, but for some reason I just like nah. He's like he'd be he, yeah. But there's I think there's better out there. I think there's better that can take his position. But to force his way in, as as he said in the question, no Saka, yeah, left. You've got Chilwell. You've got a few others. He might have a shot maybe, but uh, Greenish definitely out of them all was was would be the one that forced his way in. The DCL, as I like to call him, the El Cavalier, will always be the number two behind Kane. It's as simple as that. Um, so he can score 20 goals in a game won't make a difference um, so probably maybe backline is pretty much what it is so Mount is already in maybe him but that's more of a taste uh, uh, for me I, I like the player but yeah Greenish is the one that stood out today that's definitely going to give him headaches and he seemed to give him a nice little reception when he came back uh, when he came off the pitch because obviously he doesn't seem to I've said too much about him when he's played in the last couple of games and I think there was a bit of a he didn't like some of his off the pitch stuff and I think that's why he obviously wasn't in the squad as much but he, he was all smiles with him and high five when he came off so I think he's uh, he's warming up to him nicely so you might see a bit more Grealish in, in the starting limb. Yeah. What about Nick Pope? Well I suppose yeah I suppose like Obviously, you're not going to see it tonight because there was no shot and goal against them in the first half. But it wouldn't be based on today's game, that's for sure. Obviously, Pickford's a time bomb at all times. So any goalkeeper that they have that's in the Premier League is, is going to put a, it's going to be a threat to Pickford. So I suppose, yeah, if you want to, you can play Nick Pope. Okay. Okay. I want to. Um, what positives, yeah, <laughs> Neil? What positives can we take away? from the start of Stephen Kenny's reign as manager? Um, I think there's positives. I think we're... I, I know I mentioned playing from the back got us into a bit of trouble tonight, but at least they're trying something different. A lot, You know, we're not watching Darren Randolph hit 80 yard balls up the field as a kind of a set piece, uh, which is nice to see. Uh, we're trying to play football. You can see the shape at times when we go forward, like tonight when we had Horgan, we had Brown breaking in, the top, in, in behind, a little bit of overlapping. Um, we're definitely not kind of trying to go wide and hoop the ball in because we don't have, well, especially tonight because you're up against a couple of giants, but we don't have that type of target, man. We're trying to play through the lines, which I like, as in they're trying to, you know, knit things together. Um, that's probably the most pleasing thing. If, if it is pleasing on the eye, like, I mean, the good thing is in the last qualifier, that actually mattered. If Horton had a score to go, they hit the keeper from six yards. We could have been talking about how did he get on tonight in the qualifier and the playoff qualifier. So, it's small margins. I don't think, other than tonight, there hasn't been a game where we've conceded too many, where we didn't look like creating chances, where we didn't look brighter. Um, I think he's put his mark on the team insofar as the style he wants them to play. Um, so we've gone from Trapatoni to anti-Trapatoni because he doesn't want to play any long ball or any long pass. But he still needs maybe to find the balance of, as I was saying earlier on, the width and how we're going to attack teams because if he wants to win a game we're going to have to score a goal and if we're going to score a goal we're going to have to get up the field and maybe take a little bit more risk so I think going forward he'll identify that because he's going to be absolutely desperate for a win and hopefully the win comes next week so um, you know 
you look against Wales, I don't think they're any great shakes. You don't know what the mood in either camp will be. He'll go for it, but hopefully he can get us to a stage where next week we have a, a game as pleasing on the eye, maybe not as pleasing on the eye, and we settle for a win. Just as a goal from a corner, Seppi, something. Dave, it took Mick McCarthy seven games to get his first win as Republic of Ireland manager. It took him three tournaments to get to a major tournament because there was a big rebuilding process after Jack Charlton left. So does Stephen Kenny deserve as as much time as Mick McCarthy got then or is it different now? Will he just not get that time? Especially because he was uh, League of Ireland manager and uh, if he doesn't do it in his first one, he could be out in his ear. Yeah, he, he for that alone, he probably won't get as much time. It's as simple as that. But obviously, we have to talk about it's a bit of hindsight into the future. But it, I suppose when you look at McCarthy, there was a, after that seven uh, uh, game drought, there was that general progression that we were improving, and there was no two ways about it that we were we were going somewhere. And that's what we obviously need to see with Kenny. Obviously, the first few games, it's very much a betting in period, very unsettling with the no settled side if we had a settled side maybe I'm not saying tonight would have been different but a couple of the other results could have been different it's been up and very topsy-turvy with our, our, our teams but that doesn't mean he needs to get that doesn't mean he should get a get out of jail card it's just with the current situation with the current situation squad and everything else that's going on it should buy him a bit of time but you know we need to start to see some evidence that it's actually going to work so Next week, as I said a couple of weeks ago, before the last one, whatever about the Wales game, the Bulgaria game, the big one, they're not a great side. We're at home. We need to start to see some evidence that this will. We need to get a win out of one of these. We need to make sure we don't lose. Uh, we don't get relegated out of this into three. Yeah, people might be delighted that we're against other teams, but if you look at it, Scotland and Serbia were in three. You know what I mean? And they've overtook us, and they're not even in our pot, so to speak, as of yet. So... You know, it's important we stay where we are and get up to where we are to make sure that we get the right draws so that we can start to show the progression that we want to see from the way Kenny's playing. And if he doesn't get the win in the next two games and the Bulgaria one that you're you're putting out there, it's a a long time till the next game. So there's going to be a lot of talk, probably a lot of pressure on them uh, for when the next games come around. And it's right that the World Cup qualifiers are start in March. Oh yeah, the draw will be on as far as I'm aware uh, early December once all these fixtures are o- over and done with and then the FIFA rankings are kind of ratified. Uh, the draw is in, is in um, December, early December and then we kick off uh, next March. So, And it's going to be all throughout the whole year because obviously it's going to be 20, well, a year and a bit. So that could be a long time to stew over what will it be then? Nine games where potentially without a victory or without a bloody goal. So like, you know, we need to start showing some evidence that this can work. And that doesn't mean let's get rid of him if we don't. But it's just, for his sake, I'd love it because, you know, there's a lot of us who are very much behind him and want to see how it goes. But there's others who are just dying to stick the boot in already. And there's already dissenters who are sick of it. And it's like, ah, oh, lads, relax, come on. You know, be realistic of who we are. And it, it, it is going to take time. And hopefully we can just, just get something to kind of, just keep them at bay and just so it's not a, a horrible four or five month layoff before the, the real pressure kicks off. Yeah, and Neil, if he doesn't get the win in the next two games, albeit as much as the players have been working hard from and all, 
a little bit of doubt could start coming into the, the players' minds. You know, is he the right man? He hasn't really, we haven't got a win yet. Are, 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 are the players uh, different in that regard as they're going out to play for their team and, and they just, they'll just keep at it? Um, I think they'll be, they'll be loyal enough to him. I mean, if you look at the last proper Irish manager, as an Irish-Irish manager, Brian Kerr, um, I think the players played for him. Now, when it was all said and done and over and done with a member, they used to kind of go, his training sessions were a little bit basic. But that was about as bad as the mudslinging ever got thereafter, which probably shows he did a good job. He got a good team spirit going and no one really had an issue with him. Um, but definitely, if you listen to Kevin Kilbarn and a few of the guys that were around at that time, they actually quite liked him and they fought very hard for him. I think Stephen Kenny's a likable character. I don't know in this day and age, now bear in mind, we don't, wouldn't have some of the kind of prima donnas that are, you know, young lads, say the likes of England set exactly, you know, that type of character. And um, that would, they wouldn't have respect for him. But definitely, if he carries it the right way, if his manner is good with the players, but if he can get them a few decent results, I think they respond to him. Now, if we go nine games, ten games, that might change with any group of players. It doesn't necessarily matter, you know, me with the Irish team. And um, I do think he's going to get time because the Nations League is a kind of a weird thing where there's no real big culmination in it. We just play games and sometimes there's not as much focus on it. I don't think we can afford to replace him anyway and there's no other candidate because the FBI are a shambles. Um, so that might play to his favour. Um, but yeah, no, I, I think he's got a good, I think he's got a good response out of players as it is. But definitely, as they said there, by the time of the next two games, I don't think we're going to get murdered by anyone anyway. But you definitely want to see one good result just to kind of spark it off. And hopefully, you get one good result and then that leads to more. Yeah, well, I think there's there's been plenty of positives about his reign so far. Tonight, they've just played a far superior team and uh, it, it just shows you what you have to improve on. And of course, yeah, listen, we need our strongest team out when we're playing these teams. So it, if we don't have our strongest team, it's really, it's all uphill then. So a little bit of luck, hopefully, and uh, roll on Wales, roll on Bulgaria, and hopefully we get a, a result a win uh, in one of those two games that'll kick us on and and, not, and give us uh, all that confidence uh, going forward. And sure, then you never know who's uh, who's going to be in the squad by the time the World Cups roll around. Okay, Neil, thanks very much. Dave, thanks very much. And uh, sure, we might talk to you again after the Wales game. Thanks, guys.